You're listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. For more information on services and events at our Simpsonville and Greenville locations, visit us online at therenovation.church. Today's message is presented by our senior pastor, Jeremy Havlin. What I want to do this morning is before I get into the message, I want to just take a moment and there is no doubt in my mind that the enemy, the adversary, the Bible would call it, the devil has made a strategic campaign to try and demolish fatherhood. That he's actively gone out to diminish what fatherhood is meant to be and the impact that fatherhood could have. And it just, it's, it's unbelievable and it breaks my heart because to me, I've lived in a lot of countries. The, the staff is wanting my dad, he's gonna get up here with us in a second to share, to tell you that it's all a hoax. I didn't grow up in other countries, which is pretty funny, but. Um, so, but uh, you know, it's, it breaks my heart. Uh, like one of the countries that lived in Nicaragua, Mother's Day is like celebrated massively. And then Father's Day is like a little blip on the radar. And it breaks my heart. And what I don't wanna have happen with us is that we don't take a moment, first of all, to not allow the enemy to try and take away the impact or the importance of fatherhood because fatherhood is a gift from God. God is a father and he's given that gift to us in this room and I think we need to take a moment. Can, I just, can we just do something? Can we take a moment to genuinely celebrate all of the dads who have stood there, who have done it, who have loved and who have cared for? And, and listen, as men, we are far from perfect and we fall short and that is the truth. But the gift of fatherhood today is worth standing up against. Listen, we need to celebrate that. I'm tired of the enemy trying to say it's worthless. All the jokes about dads are that they're the last to know the secret, they're the dumbest ones in the room and I'm here to tell you that is not the case. That is a lie from the enemy. So I wanna take a moment today and celebrate and thank the dads in this room. You might have the cheesiest jokes, that's fine. But man, I do, I wanna take a moment, I wanna honor and celebrate you dads, it's really, really cool. So I wanna, I wanna shift gears, we're gonna get into the message real quick, and I wanna start off by saying that every single one of us in this room, all of us, no matter your age, no matter your background, no matter where you're from, no matter how, you, you name it, all of us have something that is incredibly valuable that we don't always acknowledge as being valuable. But it's so precious and it is so valuable that it literally could impact the course of your life and the course of those lives of the people around you. That's how big of a deal this thing is. And if this wasn't a big deal, then you wouldn't have, again, the adversary or the enemy trying to derail or stall or minimize this thing. But every single one of us in this room right now, without exception, has this thing and it's really, 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 really important. And it's this, you have a voice. Every one of us in this room has a voice. Think about the things that you can remember. Think about the things that can impact you. Oftentimes, it's the things that maybe have been spoken over you, or even if you're watching a movie or you're doing different things, it's the memory of the words that have been spoken. See, my generation, when I grew up, let me quote a great American hero, ready? I'll be back, baby. And if you have no idea what that is, it's not fiction, it's true. Anyway, it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. Here's some other old school stuff from my generation. Um, the truth? You can't handle the truth. Here's another one, ready? You complete me. No? All right. This is Father's Day. What is that nonsense in here? No romantic comedy, that's ridiculous. 
you have a voice. And somewhere along the way, you may have come to believe that your voice is just, eh, not a big deal. And I'm here to tell you the exact opposite of that is true. You have a voice, and not just that, your voice matters. It matters so much to God. It matters so much to God that in the Bible it says this, words have the power of life and death. That how you speak and what you speak makes all of the difference. And it's you, inside of you, this voice that can come out and speak. You have a voice and your voice matters. What I wanna do in this next little bit, I wanna show you a passage of scripture and I'm gonna, we're gonna tie this in and how this relates with fatherhood, but this really is a message for all of us and then specifically also for fathers as well because one of the things that I've seen is the enemy has an active strategy to remove the voice of the father. That somewhere along the way, fathers feel like their voice is diminished, that they can't speak and I'm here to tell you something, God gave you a voice and he gave it to you for a reason. But not just fathers, all of us have a voice and your voice matters. But what I wanna do is I wanna show you this passage of scripture. This is Paul writing in 1 Corinthians and it's a beautiful passage of scripture. He's writing and he says this. For though you have countless guides in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For I became your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. I urge you then be imitators of me. That is why I sent you Timothy, my beloved and faithful child, in the Lord to remind you of my ways in Christ as I teach them everywhere in every church. So you may not have a biological son, but I'm here to tell you something. All the men in this room, God can call you to help spiritually father somebody else. And the mothers in this room, God can call you to spiritually mother someone else. Here's the reality. You have a voice and your voice 100% matters. If it didn't, the enemy wouldn't try and steal it. The very fact that the enemy wants to steal it means that God has something significant he wants to speak and do through you. It's a big deal. And the reason I share that passage of Paul writing is this, is that he's telling the church, listen, be imitators of me. And Paul had many spiritual sons, but when you hear Paul writing to his spiritual sons or about his spiritual sons, you can hear the voice of a proud spiritual father talking to his son saying, do it. And is there anything more awesome than someone come alongside of you and say, do it. Yesterday was my son's last flag football game of the season and the coach pulled all the boys in and he looked at them and he goes, it's so important that when we do things, we give it all we got. And he's given this speech and I was like, I wanna join the team, I'll put bull over kids, I'll do it coach. And he's just rallying and I'm like, man, and he's just an awesome coach. He's like, listen, we do it with all of our passion, we do it with all of our intensity, we're gonna go out there, it doesn't matter, we're gonna give it our all and I'm like, yes! And he goes, we do it for God. And I'm like, yes! Something about a voice that speaks to you. So Paul writes and he says, hey, be an imitator of me. You have a voice. I wanna show you Paul writing to Timothy. And just, this is a well-known verse. A lot of students look at it, but I want you to look at this. This is 1 Timothy 4.12, ready? He's writing to him, to Timothy, and he says thus, let no one despise your youth. Can you hear the voice of a proud father? using his voice to look at Timothy and say, Timothy, run the race. You've got this. Don't let anybody look down on you because you're young. You know what I tell my kids all the time? Adults are like kids in older form. I mean, that's the truth. I, I hate to say it. Sometimes you think just because someone older, they grew up. They did not grow up all the time. I'm like, they look older, they pay bills, maybe. But like, I'm like, listen, 
They're just kids. And don't let, he's saying, listen, he looks around the room and he goes, don't let anybody look down on you. And it's like a voice of a father, you can just tell him. And he says this, but be an example to the believers in word and conduct and love and spirit and faith and impurity. Your voice matters. And it matters a lot. So today we're gonna to talk about regaining your voice. And I have the incredible honor, I tell a lot of stories about my growing up and about my family, my mom and my dad. My dad normally preaches on a Sunday morning at a Hispanic congregation in Columbia, South Carolina. He drives there Sunday, he drives back Sunday afternoon. And so I have the incredible honor of inviting my dad to come up to talk with me about what it means to regain your voice. But before I do, I dug into the Havlin family archive of pictures. Let me show you, this is my dad when he's younger. This is awesome. This is, oh, 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 oh. all right. <laughs> I had another one. <laughs> I had another one. Can I, just, can I just take a moment real quick? My dad, my dad and I joke around all the time. We pick on each other all the time. We laugh a lot in our home, which is fun. My parents live right next to us, so I have the incredible opportunity of being with my dad a lot. My mom was supposed to fly in last night from Nicaragua, but the, anyway, she'll hopefully get in tonight. And so, can I, I wanna, Dad, I wanna honor you in front of everyone here in the church. I know, this picture doesn't do it. And slightly offensive. It was better than the other one. I had another one that was incredible, but I was like, yeah. Anyway, Dad, I honor you in front of everyone here in this church for being faithful, for loving mom, for caring for our family, and for serving the Lord, for using your voice to impact me and hope and your stinky poot grandkids. Let me show you another picture real quick. This is younger when I was a kid. Hold on, sorry. Look at that. What is, ha is my dad modeling right now? What is happening right now? <laughs> like legit, what is going on, Pops? All right, and then one more picture. This is old school vault. This is my dad preaching. This is in Peru. Yeah. It's like a thousand degrees in the room and he's loaded up. So guys, would you just welcome, I wanna honor my dad as he comes up and he's gonna help us to regain our voice. Thanks, Pops. All right, so. Where'd you dig that awful picture? Of? I have no idea. Actually, I literally have no idea where I found that picture at. Who was that? We don't look anything alike, do we? No, no, we don't. The blessing that Except you handed down. <laughs> All right, so we do, so there's the clock. So just, you asked me where the clock was. It's right there. All right, so there's so much that we wanna be able to cover. Let's start by this. We're talking about regaining our voice. And I wanna maximize the time that you're up here with us. There's three things that you and I put together about what we can begin to do so that we can all regain our voice because our voice matters. The first one is this, walking with God is by far one of the most important things. Actually, Tim, when he was leading worship the last time, hope by ourselves is one thing. Hope with God is another thing. Our voice by ourselves is one thing. Our voice with God is another thing. So walking with God. You did not grow up in a Christian home. No, so I can you not. talk a little bit about when you, just talk a little bit about what that was like, you learning, because you had no idea what it meant to walk with God. No, I had no clue. Really, I was an agnostic by my own thinking. I grew up in the boomer generation, the hippies and all that type of thing. So I really rejected God until I had an encounter with the Lord. And it was a complete transformation of my life. I had an encounter with the living Jesus the real Christ, not the historical picture, not the Anglo-Saxon image that we have of him, but the real encounter, and that completely radicalized and changed my life around, and I have not been the same since. So that walk is so vital because you put the scripture up here, and the biggest legacy any father can leave his children is 
to see him walk with the Lord. Hmm. You can leave money, you can leave houses, you can leave all that stuff. That's fine in and of itself. But the greatest walk as you walk with the Lord, particularly his dad's, is to leave that image, because Paul said, imitate me. As you see me walk with him, you do the same thing. That is the legacy that outlasts every house or amount of bank accounts that we may have available to us. That's the real legacy. So when you, when you had that radical encounter with Christ, I've actually told this story on a Sunday morning, but you, you, you were living in Canada, literally. I mean, and, and you got, some men came and found you. They led you to Christ, and then the, you got well, baptized. I, li- I was living in, a, in an apartment. With, I had a band we had back in those days. We sucked. But anyway, <laughs> we, we, had a, we, we made an album and sold two of them. But anyway, uh, I lived in a bunch of guys, there's dope everywhere. Two hippies, back, this was back in the day uh, of the hippie movement and then what we called the Jesus freak movement. I didn't call myself a Christian, I called myself a Jesus freak. But two Jesus freaks showed up in the apartment, hair down to the floor, and they were looking for me specifically, ask for me. I've never seen these guys before, I don't know who they are, and after they left, I've never seen them again. They led me to Jesus, on the floor of this apartment, took me to the bathroom, moved to my altar. Then on the, that same evening, this is happened in January, 71, they took me out to baptize me in a park by the Detroit River in Canada at midnight, broke the ice and baptized me. I came out Pentecostal. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> So I didn't mean to offend anyone, but anyway. Ah, we're good. This is a, this is a safe place right here. We're, we're safe. Okay, that's Real good. Real safe. So, I'll get the email, not you, anyway. Yeah, that's right. Don't I'll give get the my, email. No, 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 don't give me my email. I'm old. I don't know how to use email, so that's okay. Uh, but, so you encountered Christ. Now, what, how did your life change after you began walking with God? Well, that, that change was a complete value system change. The things that I valued prior to that suddenly didn't have much influence or meaning in my life. You know, I did a lot of drugs as a kid, did an awful lot of stuff. You know, a lot of guys struggled trying to stop the dope. I asked the Lord to help me out. I have never had another drug of any kind since that point and not even tempted by it. So, what happened was that that change, that radical view, that change with the things that I thought were important are no longer important. Something else took its place as more important than that. You know, I lost all my friends, basically. I had a drug buddy, his name was Denny. Called him up, hey, Denny, what's happening, man? Yeah, we talked like that back in those days, you know. This is on a rotary phone, by the way. Anyway, and he said, hey, man, I, I found something awesome. He'd think, I found new drugs. He said, no. I found Jesus. Silence, then he started to cuss me out with every ounce of his being that he had Mm. and hung up on me. Mm. Never seen him, heard him again. Mm. My particular family that I belong to said, you can't, this is just a fad, you're going through it, it's not worth what you're doing. I had an uncle call me from California. By the way, this is the first time I'm actually hearing these stories. Yeah. I am not joking with you. The Denny one, I didn't even know this story. And this next one, go ahead, Pop. Sorry. So I'm and like, all right. I had my uncle call me from California, and he said, I have heard that you've become a, f- it's like a cuss word to him. You've become a fundamentalist. 
I didn't know what that was, but I guess, okay, whatever. I guess I'm that, you know, whatever, you know. So I got pretty much booted out of the family, got lost all my friends. No problem. I found a whole bunch of new ones. And your that values way, transformed. The values changed. See, God is not interested in reforming us, but transforming us. You know, you can reform something. You can put lipstick on a pig and perfume, but it's still a pig. So... You've got to transform hmm. us. That's what God's involved in. So then you get saved, and little yeah. did you know that God was gonna call you into ministry. So then you find yourself now, and I can look back, I'm 42, I grew up overseas, I know that's crazy, watching you and mom serve and follow the Lord. And so I've never witnessed the before Christ dad. Um, and so how is God, so you're walking with him, your values change, and yet you get a chance now to look back, how has God been faithful to you through all this time? I mean, how, how, what does that look like when you walk with God? How, how's, how's he been faithful well, to you? Well, when you walk with God in, in, this, in this way, that I gave everything I had to him, which wasn't much, to be quite honest with you. In fact, I, I did make a statement when I was in there, and I received the Lord, and I was baptized, and I said, I'll do anything for you, but I will not be a missionary. That was my prayer. And God answered it in a different way, I thought. 40 years of being a missionary. But anyway... God's provision was proof of his presence with me as I walked with him. We would see things happen that were, were unexplainable. I remember as a kid, we were living in Oklahoma. You were pastoring a church. And we went from there to all of a sudden, I guess we're going to Peru. Yeah. And yeah, tell, like, let's, what, what happened in that transition? And it's interesting because as a kid, you don't realize that things are going on. As an adult, you look back and you can look at it. But how, how, like, how did God lead us even to Peru? Well, we went from Bolivia to Oklahoma. The only American or American folks that I ever pastored in my life was in Oklahoma. And we were there, and frankly, I was miserable. I don't dislike North Americans, don't get me wrong. But my call was somewhere else. And I was getting frustrated until the Lord spoke to me, the country of Peru. But what before... I okay, but how, how did the Lord tell you Peru? Yeah, share a little bit. That's yeah, I'll tell you that. A little, a little wild story stuff. But anyway, I was frustrated. My wife is you're not going to tell it or you're going to tell it? Yeah. We got time, man. Hey. Yeah, we got time. Whatever. Hey, yeah, we got time. We're watching that puppy. Anyway, <laughs> it, I was very frustrated. I drove back from a hospital in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. She went through surgery, and I was frustrated, completely out of my mind. I'm a fish out of water because I'm, I'm called to the mission field, and I saw written on the window screen, P-E-R-U. I pulled over hmm. and wept for hours. My wife's in the back, she didn't know. But with her, before we were dating, I was in her mother's room, and if anybody know my wife, she's not a pansy. Right. Stretching the imagination. <laughs> you know, and and she said to me, was we were starting her dating life and all type of stuff, she said, listen, I want you to know I am called to the country of Peru. And I said, well, me too. I went home and said, where's that? I don't <laughs> I'm just saying that to impress her. What do I know? And God was listening. Until fast us, forward years later, you're in a car. Jumping over decades, we come to Peru. We don't have any missionary support. I lost my church because of it. Didn't have any missionary support. 
Couldn't even find the church where I was belonging to. When I got there to the Jorge Chavez Airport, we got to Peru in the middle of Sendero Luminoso, which is the worst terrorist experience that any Latin American country has been through. We went in the middle of that. When I got to the airport on the second floor, they blew out the whole second floor with a bomb, terrorist bomb. That's the day I landed. I figured this is going to be fun. The people who were supposed to pick me up at the church forgot. That's okay. It's all no problem here. <laughs> I finally get to the church. We get there. We get you guys down there. We have no money. Well, how am I going to live? God called me here. Okay, well, so there just happened to be a missionary family that was going to the church that was going back to the U.S. They left us their very expensive, exclusive condominium apartment, I am no joking, in the wealthiest part of the city called San Isidro, next to a huge golf course in a beautiful condominium for 300 bucks a month, which relatives helped us pay for, with completely furnished and a car available if we wanted it. And we had all the protection of the world because my next-door neighbor upstairs on 413, who I got to meet, was the ex-president of Peru, Fernando Benoterri. So we would walk, and he would have machine gun guards everywhere. So here I am with no money, you up there, and we have machine gun guards because we are next to the president, ex-president, and we're living like we got all kinds of money when we didn't have anything. It's amazing how God provides. When you walk with him. I have a picture, actually. This is me as a kid on the balcony, and the other kid that's with me, yep. this is in the mid-'80s. The other kid's name is Taylor, and actually his dad pastors one of the largest churches in all of Peru today, um, and we were homeschool buddies as, as yep. kids. So that shows you what God has done. So the first thing, if we're gonna regain our voice, we actually, the, the most important thing for any of us in this room is to learn what it means to actually walk with God. The second thing we wanna, you and I wanna talk about is this, is, is a little bit of what you experienced for all these years of ministry. So for our voice, we need to know the value of having a positive impact. Because the Bible says that our words can bring the power of life or death. We can speak death into things, and certainly we've all done that in this room, but we also can speak life into things. So the value of a positive impact is absolutely massive. And you have tons of years of ministry experience. How in the world can we have a positive impact in the world around us? Well, first we have to understand, particularly any dad that's here, whether you're a dad of young kids or a dad in a blended family or a spiritual father that has impact in someone's life, you, one, you have to be available. That is so key and so important. I experienced that down so much in, in Latin America because most dads just simply are gone. They disappear. And the kids don't know them. They don't have any idea. And they manufacture a concept of dad in their mind, which is really not any biblical base to it. So making yourself available, that is so vital. How did you do that? How, how did you do that? When, I mean, I remember well, we, we, left the, the, we left Lima when I was a kid. I was a little bit older at that point, and then we moved to the jungle, which we lived at. How did you do that? How did you use your voice for a positive impact? What did you do? Well, when we moved to the city of Iquitos, which is where the headwaters of the Amazon began, uh, the way I started by having that influence, a next-door neighbor, just right across the street from us, you remember him, name was David Beru Martel. I also remember our other next-door neighbor, who had a really, really, really nice house with an indoor oh, pool, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he sold appliances. Yeah, he sure did. He sold appliances in the middle 
of the Amazon in the 80s, he sold appliances. Well, he had to keep some of his stuff cold. Okay? Yeah. So, but we won't go into that, will yeah. we? But with, with David across the street, we get to know each other. David has now been the pastor there for 35 years, but at that I, point, I, I we didn't know that. We'll, get, we'll get there. You just, yeah, we'll, we'll wait. Get, wait give me a break. Hey, basta. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Okay, okay. So, y'all witnessing what we're doing today. But anyway, <laughs> I'm across the street with David. Now, you have to understand, Iquitos is in the jungle. It's hot. So, I took that, David, and we sat together for one year, five nights a week. We unpacked the Bible completely, step by step, put it back together again. With candlelight, because there was no electricity. We sweated through everything. I ruined two Bibles by sweating on them. Pants, we sweat on them. We spoke into each other's life nonstop. And then he became the pastor of the church. And 35 years later, it's a very successful, powerful church with a voice. But it all began. Hold on. And I, we left way. when I was 10. And you let him, you just basically invested in him. You were available and you yep. spent time with him. You used your voice to build in him. I want to show you a picture. This is, we got, my dad and I got a chance to visit this, the church. Yep. That's the man that he invested in. This is in 2018. And there my dad is with him on stage. And just incredible for me as a kid to be able to witness. You have no idea what your voice can mean over the long haul. So you, in the moment, five nights a week investing, now years later there's a church and he has a family. And they treated us like royalty, not because of anything I did, but because of how you loved him. Uh, this has nothing to do with anything, but because I love food, I wanted to show you this. They made a feast for us. This is a picture a of picture my plate. Yeah, I should. Oh, man. You have no idea how oh. delicious the food is on the table. There's a, there's a fish native to the Amazon called baiche. Um, and it, when you fry it up like it is right there, it's incredible. And the potatoes taste ridiculously good. This has nothing to do with anything, but I love food. And I saw this picture and I was like, I'm sliding this in here. <laughs> so anyway, all right, probably back to the other picture because that's more spiritual. <laughs> so, I mean, dad, how awesome is that? And just to see the impact. And, and David, when we were there, I mean, you could just, I remember him looking at my dad and just saying, thank you for, thank you for investing in me. Thank you for you, thank you for investing in me. So if we're gonna regain our voice in this room and you have a voice, your voice matters. I'm here to tell you the enemy wants to steal your voice. And the first thing you have to do is you have to walk with God. Learn to walk with him. Learn to allow the God to change your values. The next thing is realize the value of the positive impact your voice can have. But here's the other thing, and this speaks really to men specifically. Women can wrestle with this too, but this is a thing for men. One of the things we wrestle with as men, ready, is failure. That somewhere we're not enough or the things that we've done have caused us to think that our voice can't actually matter anymore. That somewhere because we've messed up so much that our voice no longer matters. And so we're gonna end with this and, and, and is, uh, Dad, I want you to actually end it for us and lead us, how do we learn in this to get up again? Because, because the Bible talks about this. So we wanna walk with God, we wanna value the positive impact, but we have to learn that our failures don't define us. Can I tell you something? If you're not dead, God's not done. And it doesn't matter how much you've jacked it up, the enemy is not and should not take your voice. You have a voice, your voice matters. So dad, I'm actually gonna bring the pulpit up and I want you to close this out. Lead us through this. What does it mean to learn to get back up again so that we can all regain our voice? Well, you know, walking with God is a, seems to be a tricky thing. A lot of stuff happens. Life goes south a lot of times and goes sideways. 
you know, circumstances hit that maybe kick us in the solar plexus and take the wind out or maybe circumstances of our own making take us out. We feel like we're not accomplishing. We're not the dad we want to be or we want not the Christian we want to be. And I was in one particular horrible trial years and years ago wondering if I was going to make it out of this thing alive. Then I realized I had a sudden epiphany, if you would call it. Now I know what the Lord means by well done because I felt like I was well done, fried and toasty on every side, going through it, experiencing it. But I had a great discovery, which to me was a game-changing insight because I had a very religious concept, even though I claimed to be an agnostic and all that. I nevertheless had this concept that to be a missionary is hard. To serve God is hard. To walk with God in this particular world that you and I have been inserted in is so hard to do. And I came to a realization that it is not hard at all. It's impossible. Because no one here, regardless of your education, your background, your skill sets, family or whatever, has the ability to do what God wants you to do. See, it's not what I can do for Christ that counts, because it doesn't count. It's what Christ does through me that counts. He's the one who changes people. I learned as a pastor years ago, I can't change anyone. You ever tried to change someone? Didn't go too well, did it? People do that in their marriages all the time, trying to change the other person, and it usually has the opposite effect. So I discovered, okay, I can't do this thing. In fact, Isaiah 64 says, the best we can offer God is like filthy rags. The very best. Find the most righteous person you can think of, you can possibly think of. The best they have to offer compared to God's level of who he is, is nothing. So it's actually coming to the place where Jesus said, and as dads listen, this is such a powerful example. Where he said in Luke 9, 23, you can read it in your scriptures at some point, you know, you want to follow me, you got to deny yourself and pick up your cross daily. What that means is I place myself under his leadership under his influence, under his lordship, to that degree that walk of God is done through him in me, touching other lives. It's not my skill set. Who am I? But it's him in me. You have to understand you have tremendous power, but the power that you possess that's in the gospel doesn't come from you. It comes through you. And because it comes through you, it's electric. It changes things. See, when God gets involved in stuff, things are never, ever the same. And we, we have seen such levels of, of provision that are just amazing to me. Even when we didn't have anything to count on, God always comes through. I will tell you this, God seems so slow. Have you ever felt that before? He's just, the guy is slow. Come on, man. He really, really seems to be slow, but he never arrives late. <laughs> His timing is extraordinary. 
So I just want to finish up with that thought. The best legacy I can leave is a legacy of I've placed myself under his leadership. You see that. You do the same. You continue that down. You know, we're not Christians because someone else was. We are Christians because we had an encounter with Jesus. And it's him living his life through us. I mean, you know, I'll have to confess. I mean, in the mission field, I, I can't tell you how many times I wanted to quit. In fact, I had a veteran pastor said, any veteran missionary wants to quit at least three times a day. I averaged about five. And you have to realize, we started a church in Bolivia. We grew from 14 people to 700 people in five years. And I wanted to think it was due to my charismatic personality and homiletic skills from the pulpit. Are you kidding? My Spanish was so bad. People were so entertained at my expense that they didn't want to miss the service. Come on. Instead of saying sins, which is pecados, I said pescados, which is dead fish. And what, what do you, I mean, what are you supposed to do with that? You know, they would come to service, they'd start laughing before I preached, anticipating something. For three years that went on, I cried before service, cried during, cried after. Man, I would try to be deep and spiritual when I want to say, I want to lift my eyes unto you in Spanish, which is, levanta mis ojos a ti, Señor. I would say, levanto mis ojos a ti, which is, I lift my garlic up to you, Lord. You know, just, <laughs> guess you can do that if you want to. You know, I'm, uh, it just went on and on and on and on and on like that for three years nonstop. And churches grew and they chuckled and then they laughed and it was a wonderful time for everyone but me. You know, and in that process, you know, I discovered what's called LAD, which is language acquisition disorder. That's my own invention. I was going through it because I was told I would never, ever learn the language. So, I found out, God, every day I would go, Lord, you're the Lord. You, you do this. I can't speak this stuff. They're expecting me to preach. I'm really getting tired of being made fun of. People look at me and go, <clears throat> like that. You know, I can't. Well, Woody, it's up to you now. Put in your hands. Well, the Lord helped me out to the point that I've not read my English Bible in 40 years. I don't do that. Even when I come here, I'd say in Spanish anyway, and I look at my, I read it in the real language, you know. That's what you're going to have to do when you get up there. You know that, don't you? You know, you know, Jesus is going to come out and look at you and say, hey, bueno dia, que tal como están? No? So you're, you're going to be in a whole lot of trouble. So, so the thing is, what you do, guys particular, people have to see us giving our life to the leadership of the one who's everything. And I have to do that all the time. That's why it's daily. It's not some one-time thing. You know, so the, the experience is that of, whew. See, when you do that, you put yourself under that umbrella, if you want to call it that, of his leadership and his lordship. In the New Testament days, the Greek they used, they used a word called kudios, which means Lord, Mr. Absolute. The emperor was used by that same title. So they were very disturbed when you received him as Lord because there's, there's only one emperor. You can't have Jesus, emperor, and Caesar. There's only one. So it was seditious. They even mentioned that. 
So when you come to that lordship, man, we want to see the power of Jesus moving people's lives in our own. We want to see people's lives changed. And the only person that I know who can do that, one, is not me, but someone who comes through me, that I am available to him. I put myself as, as a father. You know, I, I was terrified. He didn't know this. He doesn't have a clue. I was terrified when my wife was pregnant because I was a hippie doing all that stuff. I, I was afraid he was going to be born with three legs and five eyes or something. I, I, didn't, know, you know, I, didn't, I didn't know what was going to come out be honest with you. I was terrified. You know, he, he doesn't know. He's getting up. Whatever I do, he's getting up. I don't know about this. He's got, look at <laughs> Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. Shut it up. Dad, that was awesome. So the points we were going to say is this. For the wise the man, we were oh, going to say. remember, for the righteous man falls seven times and rises again, but the wicked stumble. So here's the thing. Remember, good guys fall. Yeah. We all mess up. And victory is in getting up. It is. And That's then not just that. Is. But notice this. It's not the bad guys who fall. Good guys fall. And then last, victory is in getting up again. Dad, can you close us out in prayer? Let's do that. Let's pray. Lord, we come before you. All of us, one way or another, have been in all kinds of messes of our own creation or outside of our control. We all experience things that we don't want to experience, but here we are. We understand that life being hard is an opportunity for you to work in our lives and other people's as well. And then this Father's Day, we honor you, first and foremost, to send our Master and Lord to a cross that we should have been on. And what we want to do, right where we're sitting, you've laughed a little bit, joked a little bit, but the honest truth is we want to lay our cross down before you and take it up and lay before the cross our stuff. Let you rise up in us. Speak through us and use us. Be Lord of every facet of our lives. Help us to be not just better dads, but dads who are Christ people, whose whole life is embodied by that relationship that we have with you. So Lord, we pray for that powerful vertical relationship will have that horizontal impact in our own families beyond that. Because you're the one who changes people. You heal people. You reach out and save people. Something we're not able to do. We're just here. Use us. And what we want to do, where are you sitting right now? And say, Lord, I've not been doing too good. And what I want to do, Lord, is I want to lay it all down before you. You be Lord of my life and of my mess. I need you. And I put it all before you. I take up that cross and take on your leadership of every facet of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, happy Father's Day. Grab a donut. We love you guys. Have an incredible day. God bless. Thanks for listening to the Renovation Church Sermon Podcast. Find out more about following Jesus and building his kingdom at therenovation.church.